turn to your neighbor and say, it's so simple. Hallelujah, you can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there must be a need. Well, there's always a need, but today there must be a need for those of you that are in this place for you to be able to pray in the Holy Spirit. It says in the book of Jude, which is the very last book before Revelations, that we will have to contend earnestly for our faith. And I believe we're living in that day where we have to contend earnestly. And uh, even sometimes people who have had the baptism of the Holy Spirit one time prayed in the Spirit, but then they kind of just let it, let it go by the wayside. Uh, it's very important to stir up the gift. Everybody say, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift that's in you because if you've been, if God has put you in that place where you are a person that God wants to let you flow in those gifts that are on the inside of you, and I believe he wants it for everybody, but there are people, you know, there are churches that don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that's fine. But in this church, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in releasing those gifts. And when you release those gifts, there comes a power. Everybody say a power that is beyond your ability or any man's ability to get you delivered. God will do it. God will do it. We just have to get in a position for him to take care of those things. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I really needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What it says in that in Jude, and uh, this isn't even the message today. You guys get a bonus. Didn't happen in the first service. (laughs) Not me. It's God. But this is what it says. Uh, in, in Jude, it's like verse 20, but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy ghost, keep yourselves. Everybody say, keep yourself, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. How many of you know, some people need to be pulled out of the fire. And you can't get them out. You begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Spirit, will begin to pull them out of that pit. And then it says, hating even the garment defiled by flesh. But then it says, now to him who is able. Everybody say, he's able. He's able to keep you from stumbling. You know, that's the worst thing. When you know Jesus and you keep on stumbling, there is one who can keep you from stumbling. But what prefaces that is, build yourself up in your most holy faith. And uh, some people don't have time to learn all the word to get it right. They're in a horrible situation, but you begin to pray in the Holy ghost and your situation begins to change and you don't have a lot of word knowledge, but you're connected to a power that can take you out of that pit. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Well, that's not the message. So let's get to the message. Are you ready? (laughs) Everybody say help from heaven. That was a little extra help from heaven this morning that God sent. Uh, I'm thankful for help from heaven, but we're going to share part two that we shared last week, part one. And um, if you'd put up that scripture for me, Donna, Psalm 121, one through eight, you know, there's a lot of places we can go for help today. And I, through the election time, everybody, I believe, and, and myself included, we're looking for people to lead our nation that we believe can help our nation be what God wants it to be. And so we do look for help in situations and circumstances from man. But we understand, everybody say, I understand, that help always comes from God. Whether it comes in the form of a man, comes in the form of a bonus at work, comes in the form of a supernatural healing, comes at the hands of a surgery and and a manifestation of healing in somebody's body. Everybody say, all help comes from God. And so that's where our focus has to be. And it says, I will lift up my eyes 
to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Very important to know who's in charge. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. The Lord neither slumbers nor sleeps. He who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Have you ever thought God must be asleep? No, he's not asleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve you, preserve you from all evil. Everybody say, thank you, God. He shall preserve your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And some of us need that. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Say this to your neighbor. Your help comes from the Lord. And, you know, when we get a revelation of that and we're no longer looking at our circumstances, our situation or people to be our help, uh, you know, just as I was standing there this morning, I could feel that anointing when Kelly came up and it was like it just wouldn't leave me that God wanted to give people an opportunity to receive a prayer language that would help them. Only God knows how to help you. And so when God delivers help, he delivers it in the form that you need at that time. And so I, I encourage you, uh, always be looking to God as your source for help and not what somebody else is going to do. We're going to pray for who's going to be the president. We're going to pray for those that have authority over us, and we're supposed to. But we have no fear about who that is because our help comes from the Lord. Amen. And when you get that revelation, you'll be safe. And it says in Isaiah 6, 9, 6 and 7, this is the scripture we left uh, last week with. We were talking about God, the Lord of hosts, which that's Lord Sabaoth is that name in the Hebrew. And Sabaoth means he's the Lord of the battles. He's the one that in your life helps you win every battle that you face, every battle that we encounter. And this life is going to have battles because the enemy is still roaring, roaring and, and whispering and lying and, and stealing and killing and destroying. So we have to know what God is saying in those situations. And he is a warrior. He fights our battles. And I want to look at this scripture today in a little bit different light. But let's just read through it. 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government, that word government there, government there means to rule and to reign. The right to rule. The right. Jesus has the right to rule. You have a right to rule because of Jesus. And it goes on, it says, we'll be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, this next part today I want us to look at. Of the increase. Everybody say Increase. Today in this house is a day of increase. That's what God told me. Today in this house is a day of increase. Now, you know, the, the Lord uh, speaks every week to us. He speaks to you every day. If we give him the opportunity, he'll speak to us. Whenever we call upon the Lord, he will answer. That's what the word of God says. But the increase of his government, the increase of his right to rule and peace of that, there will be no end. Everybody say it doesn't end. See, the world's looking for peace, but they're looking for it in the wrong place. It's in the increase of Jesus and his government to rule and reign. Well, who's ruling and reigning for him? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's me. <laughs> I just found out it's me. <laughs> 
Now, let's say that again, because I don't think y'all got this. Who's ruling and reigning in the earth for Jesus today? Me. It's me. It's me. Because it says he's made us kings and priests. That's what he said. And so we now, because we're created in his image, because the Holy Spirit, the helper, the one that God gave us to help us every single day, gives us the right to rule over situations and circumstances in the earth. I believe that's why it's so important to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes when I rule, I rule in favor of me. (laughs) How many of you do that? But the Holy Ghost rules in favor of what God wants. Amen. And he has the ability to give us revelation of what that is if our heart is open to hear it. So it says of the increase of his government, of his right to rule and peace. I always am reminded of a scripture that I held on to for a long time in my life. Still do. I always shared it at a a funeral situation because this is the scripture that for me says that everything's all right. And he said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Therefore, let not your heart be troubled. Everybody say, his peace. His peace is different. And then it says, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal, that word means passion of the Lord of hosts, will perform this. Amen? Isn't that good news today? God is wanting to perform some things in your life. Psalm 115, 12 through 15. This is what David said. The Lord has been mindful of us. The Lord thinks about us. That's what he's saying. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. Now, that's not afraid of him, but reverence him as who he is, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase. Everybody say increase increase more and more you and your children may he may you be blessed by the lord who made heaven and earth and was there one more scripture no i think that was it okay so god wants you to be blessed he wants your offspring to be blessed how many of you have some children that need to be blessed how many of you know when children grow up you don't get to always what you think is not a blessing to them how many of you raised teenagers How many of you, everything you say to them is a blessing? (laughs) How many of you, they are a blessing to you? You know, all the time is not the same as what we want it to be. But we are blessed and they are blessed because of the increase of his right to rule in this earth that is done through each one of us. And I believe today that the people that are listening to this and the people that are sitting in these services are in a position of increase. God is going to change your situation. Uh, It isn't because of me. It's because you're highly favored. Turn to your neighbor and say, well, I didn't know that. You know, you are highly favored. Now, I want to read to you. This This is what God sent the angel to tell Mary. This is a teenager, a young girl. She's had no relationship with a man that would put her in a position to have a baby. But this is what is said to her. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. You are highly favored one. The Lord is 
with you. The Lord is your help. Everybody say, the Lord is my help. If the Lord is with you, you have a helper. You have a helper. So he's saying, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is your helper. Blessed are you among women. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. I'm going to paraphrase the rest. And you will have a child, and he will be the son of the Most High God. And her response was, I don't see how that's going to happen. No. Her response was, be it done to me according to your word. The thing that separates us from being highly favored and having the highly favor that we're looking for is our confession of having it. So say to your neighbor, I am highly favored. You are highly favored of God because Jesus paid a price for you that you might be in a position to rule and to reign for him on this earth. And not just rule and reign, but be increased. Everybody say, be increased. You know, there's... um, there, there can become a lack of uh, a mentality of lack uh, where, you know, we're, we're limited by our surroundings. We're limited by what we think we're able to do. But God is never, ever uh, interested in what you're able to do. He's interested in what he's able to do through you. In other words, when you believe then he is released to do that thing that he wants to do in your life. And um, when I looked at this, highly favored, it said in Acts 2.47, you know, that was just an explosion of the miracle working power of God. And, and thousands were added to the church. But it says that the people, the people that were involved in all that had great favor with all the people, all the other people. They had great favor because God was showing himself strong on their behalf. He was being revealed by them. And the increase, everybody say the increase. The increase of people coming into the kingdom of God was great in that time because they were highly favored. Everybody say, I'm highly favored. You're highly favored. Now, that doesn't mean that you're more special than anybody else on the earth. It means because you love Jesus, you have a special anointing on your life. That brings great favor for you in every situation. It will bring you favor with a judge. Now, some of you say, well, I don't need a judge. Well, in this church, we've had several people who need the judge to have favor. I mean, that we're here to help people who are in a position of not being able to help themselves, which is everybody, even the wealthy. But sometimes those that are hurting recognize it more than those who are able to do something with their money. The riches of God go beyond just finances. There's peace of mind. There's wholeness. There's joy. All the things that come with salvation. Jesus, it says in Luke 2, 52, he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor. Jesus, in favor with God and with man. How did that happen? It was because of the things that he did that his favor increased and increased and increased. I believe our favors to increase and increase and increase. We have a really good resume if we've walked by faith with God. Everybody say, what's your resume? You know, a resume is what you put down to get accepted in a position. Our resume says, I belong to God. And of the increase of his government and of his peace, rest upon my life. Say, I increase. I increase. Uh, Today, God wants to increase you 
in your understanding. Now, last week, uh, when I shared on the Lord of the Battles, uh, and we talked about the Lord Sabaoth, and that's what God called himself. When David uh, met Goliath, when he met that giant, what he said to the giant was, I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. Now, because Goliath was ignorant, he did not understand you're as good as dead. Really? Because he was the one doing all the threatening. But he didn't have an understanding of what that word meant, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the battle. And he is always a winner. God always wins. And so what he was saying is, I represent the Lord of hosts and I will win. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a winner. See, you, it, when you're a winner, you're in a position to increase. Losers don't increase. Remember last week, or I think it was in the ladies' meeting yesterday, I said to the women, you are not a loser. You know, I have a little granddaughter. She's little, and she's seven. And her brothers, I think they torment her a lot. And so she'll sometimes say, loser, loser. Well, we are not losers. We are winners. And I don't have enough fingers to make a W, but we win. Turn to your neighbor and say, I win. Because we belong to the Most High God, to the Lord of hosts. We also belong to Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who always provides and always provides increase. Everybody say increase. The only scripture I've ever had that God showed me that I needed to do was the one like John the Baptist, where he said, I must decrease so that he can increase. And that's the only one that God's ever spoken to me. You have to decrease. The only way I have to decrease is in my ability to let him rule instead of me. And that's a, that's an opportunity every day. How many of you know? That's a choice we have to make all the time to do. But God gives the increase. Now, last week when I shared that, uh, God just spoke to me about um, when people are in captivity, because I've been reading through the Bible, which I do every year. But for some reason this year, uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and, uh, well, Daniel's in there. That's, that's not too bad. Uh, but Isaiah, they all prophesy how bad it's going to get for Israel because they disobeyed God. And so, you know, it's a really long season. It's, uh, I'm in bondage from September to the end of November. But I just got out. Ezra took over. Hallelujah. And I'm on my way to rebuilding. But, you know, I think, you know, as I read all that, I thought, wow. You know, these are people who just disobey God. But the good news is, no matter what your captivity, you know, the, the children of Israel, in the beginning, when they were in Egypt... They were in bondage. Even God said they would be to Abraham way back in Genesis 17. He said, my people will be in bondage for 430 years. And they were in bondage for 430 years to the Egyptians. But it wasn't because they did bad things. It was the Egyptians were pressuring them because God was going to do something wonderful. That when, when you're persecuted, it's never by people. It's by the enemy. And he knows something is on the other side of this. And so the persecution was heavy on them in that place to the point that they finally cried out to God. You know, we need to start crying out earlier. I, I found that, you know, with my own life. You know, you grow in the word of God and you forget to cry out at the very onset of something. In the beginning, you're just trying to fight by yourself. But if you cry out for God, he'll show up like that and he'll do something. And he did. He showed up with Moses. But do you know, those people had nothing. I mean, 
the Israelites, by this point, they were, they were having to get straw to build bricks, and they wouldn't even give them the straw to build the bricks. You know, they said, just go find it. And so they were under huge oppression in captivity. But God is a God of increase for his people. And I think it's amazing. And some of you need to get this today because uh, it really helped me. I thought, well, I'm going to start looking for somebody else's gold and silver. Hallelujah. I'm just going to go tell them, give it to me. I'm coming to your house. Um, I got to pick the right house. (laughs) I'll check out the houses. But this is what it says in chapter three, when Moses was told to bring him out, God said in verse 20, so I'll stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go, Pharaoh. I will give this people favor. Everybody say favor. Favor. Say it again, favor. Favor. I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. That's the enemy. And it shall be when you go out that you shall not go out empty-handed. I bet they're thinking, Well, what are we going to take, a little straw? I mean, that's the only thing we've seen is straw and bricks. But it says, no, but every woman, I think it's interesting. The men didn't have to do this, ladies. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and your daughters. If you're a mom, It's worth it to go down to the neighbors and say, hey, give me all your gold. (laughs) My kids need shoes. Give me some silver. Give me everything you've got. Devil, give me back everything that belongs to me because God already paid the price through his son, Jesus. I want that stuff back because my kids need it. Amen? Because they had nothing. They couldn't get out of there and take anything. They didn't have anything to take. Listen, God will increase you when you have nothing. We just have to believe. Everybody say believe. And then act. Because we know they did. They went and they asked. That's the scripture God gave me in Matthew where it says, ask, you know, ask and it shall be given to you. Knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and you will find. Because God is a father who will take care of his children. Everybody say increase. Now, I don't know exactly what God's going to do with your increase but I believe you're all going to be increased. And, and I'm going to share with you in a minute uh, some scripture that I, I believe God has given me that um, to be increased means to become larger or greater in size. This isn't weight. Amount, number, become progressively greater. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to be progressively greater. Yeah. Now, now listen, this it doesn't necessarily mean money, but... Um, to prosper means to become very successful, very successful, usually by making lots of money. Is anybody opposed to that in here? Oh, good. Then this message is for you. To become very active, healthy, and strong. You know, Third John, John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things. Everybody say, above all things. Think of that thing you want more than anything. And now think about this. God wishes above that, that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. That soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, everything in you. You know, that isn't for when you get to heaven. That's for here in the earth. So when God says that, that's what he did with the children of Israel. 
Now, this is what I just saw. I told you I'm, I'm coming out now. I'm, I'm coming out of the captivity of Babylon, praise Jesus. And Ezra is leading the charge, and he's doing it because God told Jeremiah a king was going to help them. Not them, but a king. Now, they've been in captivity. This bunch has been in captivity because they disobeyed God. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'll raise mine. Have any of you? Don't, don't raise You don't have to raise your hand, but have any of you ever disobeyed God? Well, see, then the enemy says to you, you're, you might get a little bit, but you're not going to get much because, you know, you don't deserve that because of what you did. Um, I lived like that for a while in my life years ago, and sometimes I still live like that today in situations. This is what it says in Ezra chapter 1. Now, I love the reading all the way to the end of the book now because it's really exciting. I read Revelations, though, a long time ago, so I'd know I won before I got in captivity. Hallelujah. I'm serious. I'm serious. The enemy will use anything he can to torment your mind to hold you back from the will and plan of God. And so you have to feed your mind truth so you know the truth. And it says in Ezra chapter 1, but now in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. You don't know who God's stirring the spirit of to bring a harvest into your life like you just cannot contain. The only, the only key is that you're a giver. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a giver. And if you're a giver and you give according to what God says, God is going to stir up somebody's spirit. And they're going to be looking for you. And that's what Cyrus, he stirred up his spirit, the king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put in writing saying, thus says Cyrus, the king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me and has commanded me to build him a house in Jerusalem. Now, at this point, Jerusalem has been burned to the ground utterly destroyed and all the people who obeyed God and went into captivity were saved those who said I'm going to go to Egypt and they're going to help me or I'm going to run away and hide and that's going to save me all those people were destroyed because their trust and their confidence was in what they could do and not what God told them to do the bunch that went into captivity were going to come back out and they were going to be the remnant that came back and did what we see right here. And so Cyrus, who's the king, says, we're going to go build Jerusalem. He has no reason to go build Jerusalem except God said, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? This is the key. God is about to release an increase in the earth. I don't know. I just believe this. I believe the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is raised up or saved up for the righteous. Uh, I want the wicked to get saved. I don't want them to die, but I do want them to give all their money. So they're going to have to get saved and get into church and give it. Hallelujah. Because we need it to do what we're called to do. And so, you know, when this is saying this, it, he's saying, who, who are the people of God here? Who are you? That's the people I'm calling on right now, not, not people who don't know God, the people who know God. And then he says, may his God be with him, which he is our help, and let him go to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. Now, how are they going to do this? I mean, they're the captives. They're, they're not the people who have anything. And then it says, and whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men... 
the men get involved this time, of his place, help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the free will offerings from the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Everybody say, God brings the increase. Just like in Egypt. I had never seen that before. Then the heads of the father's houses of Judah and Benjamin, the priests, the Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved across, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And all those who were around them encouraged them with articles of silver and gold and livestock and precious things besides all that which was willingly offered. Now, this is even better. King Cyrus also brought out the articles of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem and put in the temple of his gods. He said, get those things, and we're giving them back to them, and they're going to take them home with them. Everybody say restore. Restore the whole the whole kit and caboodle. And Cyrus, I don't know if that's a word my dad used that. And Cyrus, king of Persia, brought them out by the hand of Mithridath, the treasurer, and counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. And listen to this, this is the number. This is the number of those things. 30 gold platters, 1,000 silver platters, 29 knives, 30 gold basins, 410 silver basins of a similar kind, 1,000 other articles. All the articles of gold and silver were five thousand four hundred all of these sheshabar sheshbazar took with the captives did you see the word captives with the captives who were brought from babylon to jerusalem everybody say praise god he did it again there was that song he'll do it again you know that we used to sing he will he'll do it again and again he is able, and he took the wealth of somebody else to do it. But the key is this word right here. Who uh, is among you of all his people? Turn your neighbor and say, I'm a who. You have to be a who in order to get this. You have to be someone whose life is fully committed to what God wants and not what we want. You know, I said in the first service, um, when I was younger and I had my children, I didn't, have a lo- I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of extra. God always took care of me, but I didn't have that extra. And, uh, you know, over the years uh, here at the church, I got a salary and, and I had a little extra because what Pastor Bill, would, his check, that would take care of us, and then I had my extra check. And then at one point, God said, give me that, don't take that check this year. And I thought, but that's my extra. You know, that's, that's the stuff I get to do that I didn't get to do all those years for my kids and, you know, for people that I wanted to be able to do that or so. And, uh, and you know, that year, God blessed me with a lease on a car. He, he blessed me and blessed me and blessed me so much that, you know, I thought, well, why take a check? Except God said to me, no, now take it because it's seed. It's not for you, it's for seed. It's for seed. And do you know today, I told him in the first service, I am not a shopper. My husband loves to shop, and I go with him. He's a good shopper. And uh, my sister, but, you know, I just, I don't like to shop, but but I don't spend much money shopping because I don't go. And uh, so I have extra money sometimes, but 
God just gives me so much stuff that I don't have to go shopping. So I have money to give for other things because I don't have to go buy anything because it's already got, I got it. Are you getting this? And so things I could never do before, I can do for my kids and my grandkids. And God takes care of me by his supernatural way that he takes care of people. But I'm telling you, the increase of that kind of government makes you peaceful. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear. Now, back in the beginning in 79, I worried about everything. And God gave me that scripture. Don't worry. Matthew 6, 25, and all the way. Seek first the kingdom of God. There's increase for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's increase. Now, that doesn't mean you just quit and go home and sit in your yard and wait for, you know, money to fall out of heaven. It, it's, it's hardworking people, you know, that are winners. That's what the definition of a winner is. Someone who's, who's uh, willing to work, willing to do whatever God says. But this is, this is the greatest need that you have to do, to, to have the increase. And I want to read it to you. It's in Psalm 67. Write it down. Say Psalm 67. Psalm 67, because the same God that used Ezra and, and used all those people that gave their money to those people when they needed it is the same God that's still doing things today. And so if you look at Psalm 67, this is what it says. God, be merciful to me and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations of the earth. Isn't that what it said about Jesus when he came? Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth, the earth shall yield her increase. Everybody say, it's time to praise. Time to praise God and thank him for the increase because it's coming into your hands. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you today that you said, you said, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers.